Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us on today's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship, where we believe you make a difference one life at a time. For us as leaders and mentors, it is always an investment in the lives of others that will make a difference for the glory of God. So we trust that as you have joined us on today's podcast and podcasts in the past and podcasts in the future, that there will be principles and precepts that you can use to help make that difference in somebody's life and you make a difference one life at a time. Today's podcast is part one of fear, the challenger and opponent of your faith. The modern English version of Joshua 1 and 9 declares, God's talking to Joshua, have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The word dismayed also means discouraged. So God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God commanded Joshua three times in verses six, seven, and nine in this first chapter to be strong and very courageous. Israel had failed to enter the promised land years before because they lacked the courage and faith to trust in God under Moses' leadership. Keep in mind that Moses was the father of the nation. Through the guidance of God, Moses had founded and established the nation of Israel. Moses had freed the Israelites from Egyptian slavery and given them the law at Mount Sinai and led them through the wilderness wanderings for 40 years. When Moses died, the people were bound to be deeply affected, gripped with an intense, perhaps almost unbearable sense of grief. It was Moses that had carried them and had done great things for them through the power of God. Moses had freed them from all types of distress and struggle. It seemed that Joshua himself had fallen into a spirit of despair over the death of Moses, that he was lingering in grief well beyond what he should. God encouraged Joshua to be strong and courageous, which includes overcoming fear and discouragement, as noted in verse 9. Having to face enemy after enemy, year after year, having to make the decision to send young men, husbands and fathers into battle time and time again, who would be witnessing the bloodshed and horror of battle after battle. All this could break down the strength and courage of any commander and any army. For this reason, God had to speak forcefully to the heart of Joshua in the first chapter and the first verse and said to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Arise, take up the mantle of leadership, prepare the people to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. The land promised by God was a vast territory possessed by a number of powerful nations whose people were brutal and savage, wicked and evil to the core. God knew this and he cared for Joshua. Therefore, God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous in overcoming whatever fear or discouragement attacked him. To encourage and assure Joshua, God gave him the promise of his continued unbroken presence and power. God promised that he would go with Joshua wherever he went, never forsaking or leaving him. Fear and discouragement can only be conquered when we are strong and courageous in the Lord, knowing that God is with us and he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us wherever we go. No matter how many problems 
difficult circumstances, tough situations, difficult people we face. No matter how many temptations or trials of fear we may face, God is right there with us all to overcome them all. You see, the reality of fear is a powerful human emotion that alerts us to the presence of danger. When we confront a perceived threat, our bodies respond in specific ways. Physical reactions to fear include perhaps sweating or increased heart rate and high adrenaline levels that make us extremely alert in what has been called in psychology the fight or flight response. Emotions are included in, this, uh, in these responses to uh, fear or that which distresses us. And emotions are simply a part of the human experience that goes along with this. According to the mental health website, fear is a response to an immediate danger in the present moment of time, while anxiety is associated with a threat that is anticipated in a future moment of time. The word fear itself in the New Testament originates in the word phobos, which may be translated as terror, dread, or intimidation. Our English word phobia originates from this Greek word phobos. There are many types of phobias. Social phobias involve the fear of people, which often include anxiety disorders and excessive self-consciousness and insecurities in social situations. Some people can fear being judged so much that they avoid specific situations like eating in front of others. This type of fear can then potentially segue into a fear of rejection. Rejection knows no bounds. Fear invades relationships with family, neighbors, co-workers because a person may constantly feel that they're not wanted or valued. Another very powerful form of fear is the fear of failure, which can be linked to having critical or unsupported parents growing up in a household that did not support us as children. Consequently, we grow up with the same mindset. So now as adults, that fear of failure, it happens in our companies, our organizations or co-workers. Fear of failure can also be caused by experiencing a traumatic event. The reality is that fear exists and that it can be healthy or unhealthy. It is a God-given inbuilt human survival instinct that helps to protect us, which is healthy. That's fear from God's perspective. But fear that paralyzes action is unhealthy because this is the spirit of fear from the devil himself that is designed to keep us shackled in bondage to his strategy of fear. The Amplified Version of 2 Timothy 1 and 7 proclaims, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. No matter what fears we face, we can overcome them all because what God said to Joshua in the Living Bible version of Joshua 1 and 5, he says to you and me today, no one will be able to oppose you as long as you live, for I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not abandon you or fail to help you. To oppose is to act against or provide resistance, to combat, to hinder. Action further uh, is a portion of to oppose. Action that is done to stop or defeat someone or something. Joshua had plenty reasons of opposition or to be afraid. Moses had died and it was now Joshua's job and assignment from God 
to lead the Israelites into battle with many nations who were larger and stronger. So God says to Joshua in chapter one, verse nine, have not I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. The word command is a verbal communication by which a superior orders a subordinate or follower towards a certain action. A command is not an option. A command does not mean I want you to think about what I said and do it if you feel like it. No, a command is an order from a superior to do what has just been spoken, to be strong and courageous and don't be afraid. That was God's command to Joshua. God commanded him to be strong with a depth of faith. I don't think many of us can really understand. And God is not expecting you and I to conquer 31 kings and nations and cross the Jordan River as Joshua did. Yet in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at the 10th verse in the Amplified Version, God says, If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments, his statutes, his laws, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your being, other translations, soul. Verse 11, for this commandment, which I command you this day, is not too difficult for you. Isn't that amazing? God says what I'm commanding you to do, it's not too difficult for you. Verse 12, it is not a secret laid up in heaven that you should say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear and do it? Verse 13, neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it? Verse 14, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart so that you can do it. In other words, God was saying it's not too difficult for you to do what I've commanded you to do. God will never give us something to do that we don't have the potential to do it with concerning his power operating in us and through us. Moses' life summarized God's guidance and provision for the Israelites during their journey of 40 years in the desert. The adults who originally escaped from Egypt had all died in the desert, but God's agreement included their descendants. Though through all the Israelites, though all the Israelites were invited to take part in God's agreement, only those who chose to obey the agreement received his blessings. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 and 16, God says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity. Prosperity means to go well on your journey. See, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Verse 16, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. The Israelites had complained about leaving slavery in Egypt and how difficult it would be to conquer these nations. But God was saying through Moses that if you command, if you follow the commands that I've set before you today, you will experience prosperity. You will you will experience the increase that I purpose for you and you will be blessed in the land where you're going. The strength of other nations was intimidating to the people. But Joshua now had a major task in front of him. But God reassured him that he would be with Joshua 
that he would be with Joshua and the promises of Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 15 and 16 will be theirs. Had Joshua listened to outside influences and allowed his fears to control him, he would not have been able to accomplish or fulfill God's plan for his people in crossing over the Jordan. The voices of the world's opposition are always loud. Whenever you choose a path opposite of the majority opinion, outside influences, voices will try to speak into your life. Going against the crowd can be fearful if your confidence is not in the Lord. Joshua trusted God's leadership and mentorship over and in his life. God had taken them from slavery safely through the Red Sea, provided nourishment in the wilderness. Joshua trusted that God would help them conquer their enemies, just as you and I can trust God to help us conquer our enemies. And sometimes the enemy is in me. In Joshua chapter two, scouts were sent to determine the mindset and state of Jericho that had to be conquered. Rahab received these scouts, protected them and covered them as noted in verses two through seven, so that they escaped out of the hands of the enemy. Rahab made an agreement with the scouts as Joshua's representatives for the security of herself and her family and what she saw coming upon Jericho. Although there was fear in Rahab's city of Jericho, there was no fear in Rahab because Hebrews 11.31 declares in the Living Bible, by faith, because she, Rahab, believed in God and his power. Rahab the harlot did not die with all the others in her city when they refused to obey God. Joshua displayed his absolute dependency on God. Rahab and her faith, in spite of the life that she had been living, Rahab had faith in God. So Rahab and her faith, the scouts and their faith in God, was a sign for Joshua that is declared in verse 24 of Joshua chapter 2. Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, for all the inhabitants of the country faint before us. This truth parallels the truth of Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is for us simply means that he's on our side. He's working on our behalf and for our good. Romans 8 and 28 says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He didn't say that everything was good, but he said that all things work together for the good. God is on our side, working all things together for the good. The follow-up question, who can be against us, is rhetorical. It's another way of saying there's nothing more powerful than our God, or nothing or no one can stop us nor destroy us. This includes any fear that would rise to challenge or become an opponent to our faith. Fear that my marriage may end in divorce. Fear as to whether or not my son or daughter is ever going to learn how to make right choices when they've been making nothing but bad choices. Fear concerning long-time security in my chosen profession or job. We will face challenges and opposition to our faith, just as Joshua did. But the greater reality is that our challenges and opposition are doomed to fail. Fear may rise up against us, but will not be successful against us. The living Bible version of Joshua 1 and 8 declares, constantly remind the people about these laws, this book of the law. And you yourself must think about them every day and every night so that you will be sure to obey all of them. For only then will you succeed. Jesus further says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God.
Joshua had served alongside Moses for 40 years. He had a great deal of experience in his walk with God as Moses minister or servant as Joshua 1 and 1 reminds us. As a servant leader, Joshua had proven himself to be committed and submitted to God's will and God's ways. So God reminds us in Joshua chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 in the New International Version of his will and ways for Joshua and his people. The Bible says early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, over three million people, set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Verse number two, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp. Verse three, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, symbolizing the presence and power of God. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Verse four, then you will know which way to go. And here it is, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Verse five, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The point is that there are some things in life that God says, just follow my power and my presence. As God told the Israelites in Joshua chapter three, when you see the ark of the covenant, symbolizing God's presence and power, just follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before, there are just some things in life that we've never seen before. We've never crossed that way before. But when we keep our eyes on the Lord, then we can pre be prepared. As Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself, keep our eyes on the Lord, consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself, be prepared for the coming of the Lord, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. In other words, this is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because every day is the day of the Lord and God will do amazing things among us as we follow his power and his presence and as we consecrate ourselves, sanctify ourselves prepare ourselves. As Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings of eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. That word wait means to uh, stand by, to have a confident, favorable expectation of God renewing our strength in the context of Isaiah 40, 31. Back here in Joshua chapter three, Joshua ordered the people to sanctify, consecrate, purify themselves, wait on the Lord. This meant that the people were to prepare their hearts before the Lord. They were to pray, confess, repent, rededicate, and recommit their lives to God as they followed the ark, a sign and a symbol that God was with them even in the uncertainty and, and fear of the unknown before them. The Bible tells us of Noah, who also had to face fear, the challenger and opponent of his faith. The story of Noah relates closely to the COVID-19 pandemic that we experienced in March 2020 and continues on to this day. The story of Noah uh, relates closely to this pandemic and the fear across the globe that accompanied its arrival. At the grocery stores, people lined up for hours to get basic necessities like toilet tissue and water because of the fear of lack that produced a fear of the unknown. Noah's family was placed in social isolation for 40 days, a place they had never known before because it undoubtedly produced a fear of the unknown.
of the unknown. As it was with Joshua in chapter 3, verse 4, Noah had never been this way before. It was unknown, but Noah was a man of faith. And yet Noah's experiences being in social isolation for 40 days, this was not even the most fear-inducing element of the story. While his family was in quarantine on a massive boat, an ark, God sent the flood as a judgment on mankind's wickedness. But it, was on, it wasn't only human beings who died. Most of the animals, Genesis 6 and 7 tells us, were also swept away. God says, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I have made them. Can you imagine the spirit of fear that arose around the world of men and women that knew that they were going to die suddenly and there was nothing they could do about it? All of mankind was destroyed except for Noah and his family and the thoughts of death and destruction occurring around Noah and his family was undoubtedly on their minds while living in forced isolation. Genesis 6 and 13 states, I've determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence through them. The phrase all flesh is used throughout the narrative to include both human and animal life. How was animal life corrupted? This is not explained for us in the text. Regardless of how the animals became corrupted, God viewed them as part of creation that needed to be recreated. Noah was also living with the reality that there would be rain for 40 days, which had never happened on the earth before this point in mankind's history. Rain was a foreign concept to the people of that time as water had only come from the ground and not the sky. With all that which was occurring in and around Noah's life, the word fear is never mentioned in this uncommon isolation of 40 days for Noah and his family. But what we do know is what Genesis 6, 8, and 9 in the Amplified Version tells us. Noah found grace. Grace is also translated as favor. Noah found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the history of the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and righteous man, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. So Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2 and 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. Grace and favor are twin vehicles of God's blessings. Paul further says to us in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, with his thorn in his flesh, that God's grace is sufficient for me. While Noah most likely was afraid, as any human being would be, God's grace and favor was on his mind and in his life that maintained Noah's faith in God. Noah's focus and uh, Noah's faith and his focus remained on God so that he could be obedient to God's call on his life. Fear. The challenger and opponent of Noah's faith in God could not win in his life because even through the isolation on the ark, death and destruction occurring all around him, the 40 days of rain that had never occurred before in human history, Noah kept his focus and faith in and on God. When you and I maintain our focus and faith in God, no matter what the circumstance or situation may be, God promises through the prophet Isaiah, no weapon that is formed against us will ever be able to prosper. Fear is a weapon that the enemy forms against us. Fear of people, fear of failure, fear of rejection, and the parent of all fears, the fear of death. 
with fear, the enemy's strategy is to cause us to lose our focus and faith in God during challenging seasons and that which opposes us. To oppose is to act against or provide resistance, to combat, to hinder. Action that is done to stop or defeat someone or something. The devil seeks to defeat us by using fear as a weapon that's formed against us. But we must not allow the devil to cause us to lose our focus nor our faith. Don't allow the challenges and oppositions of this world to cause you to lose focus on the power of our God. Instead, transform your mind by renewing your mind. This is why Paul says, and be not conformed to this world, the way of the world's system, the way of the world's thinking, the way that the world does it, which is absent of faith in God. So Paul says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word transformed is a metamorphosis as a caterpillar is transformed into a beautiful butterfly. Instead, transform your mind by renewing your mind in the word of the Lord, God has given you and I the power to transform a negative into a positive. God has given you and I the ability to transform chaos to confidence. How do we know? Because the prophet Zechariah says it's not going to be done by might nor by man's power, but it's going to be done by my spirit, saith the Lord. How so? How do we know this to be so? It's what Psalm 20 and 7 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. The prophet Habakkuk in the third chapter in the 19th verse in the Amplified Bible says, the Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet like hinds feet. My feet are made steady and sure and makes me to walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places, watch this, of challenge and responsibility. In other words, the word responsibility means that we have the ability to respond. So when we are challenged by fear, by the opposition of fear that comes against our faith, responsibility means you have the ability to respond. How do we respond? By faith and focus in God. Most of us, if not all of us, when facing challenges and opposition, if we had a choice, we would take another path. However, there are times in our lives when we have no choice and we have to face what's before us. But just as God said to Joshua, so does he say to you and I today, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And my, my brothers and my sisters, we must always keep in the forefront of our minds a transformed mind, a renewed mind that faith always conquers our fears. We get the doctor's report that we have cancer and fear arises. When we consider that we have more bills and we have money is an opportunity for fear to arise. When our sons have been incarcerated, that's an opportunity for fear to arise. Fear can be translated as terror, dread, or intimidation. The devil wants to intimidate us by life circumstances and situation. He wants to manipulate and cause us to lose focus and faith in God. But Proverbs 29 and 25 in the Amplified Bible declares, the fear of man brings a snare. It's a trap. The devil tries to trap us. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on, trusts in, and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. In other words, 
the Proverbs and the and Habakkuk the prophet, they're on the same page in the will of God. Habakkuk said, he makes my feet like hinds feet to make me to walk on the high places of God's will. Solomon in the wisdom of God says, whoever leans on, trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. My God today. See, a snare is simply a trap. Don't allow your mind to be trapped by worry or anxiety. In Psalm 121, David, the man after God's own heart says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. David knew the presence of God was in those hills because he is the God that made heaven and earth. Not only is the presence of God in the hills, but God is even present in my valleys. So David says in the New Living Translation of Psalm 23, verse 4, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You may feel like David did in a valley. You may be in a fight to get through your valley, but whatever fight, whatever battle you are facing, you don't have to fight it. In the Amplified Version of 2 Chronicles 20, beginning at the 15th verse, the prophet Jehaziel says to Jehoshaphat, The Lord says this to you, O king, be not afraid or dismayed. Don't be discouraged at this great multitude. Three armies were coming against the nation of Judah. And the prophet by the spirit of the Lord says, don't be afraid, dismayed or discouraged at this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your position, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Again, he says, fear not, nor be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. That's a good place for somebody to shout hallelujah. Jehoshaphat had called the entire nation to fast and pray. And then before the people in the 12th verse of 2 Chronicles 20, he cries out to God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Our world, our lives are full of battles, global pandemics, broken relationships, chronic illnesses that seem to be too great a foe to conquer. Just like Jehoshaphat, who acknowledged their inabilities to defeat this uh, horde of nations, these three nations that formed a coalition that were coming against them. Jehoshaphat acknowledged, we don't know what to do, but when we keep our eyes on God, God will do the fighting for us. Our part in the fight is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is always with us. Oh, glory to God. This is how we stand and face the challenger and opponent of our faith, trusting that God will fight our battles with fear in any shape or form it may arise. Jehoshaphat admitted that he didn't know what to do, but he looked to and kept his eyes on God for victory. David discussed walking through the darkest valley, the shadow of death. Despite fear arising for both Jehoshaphat and David, they knew that the Lord was on their side. Man and woman of God know that the Lord is always on our side. Our primary passage of scripture for today's podcast is Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, where God says to Joshua, his servant, Moses, minister, have not I commanded you? A command is not an option. A command is not think about what I just said. And if you feel like doing it, do it. No, a command is not an option. It's to follow the orders 
of those that are above you. So God says to Joshua, have not I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, discouraged or dismayed for I'm with you wherever you go. We discussed briefly at the beginning of the podcast that our emotions are simply a normal part of the human experience. And Joshua undoubtedly, because he had to face 31 nations, 31 kings in crossing over the Jordan to take the people into the promised land. And so according to the mental health website, as mentioned earlier, fear is a response to an immediate danger in the present moment of time, which undoubtedly Joshua in his humanness experienced a certain level of fear. While anxiety is associated with a threat that is anticipated in a future moment of time, Joshua was not exempt from this, but God commanded him, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The word fear itself in the original Greek is phobos, which may be translated as terror, dread, or intimidation. The devil tries to intimidate us with this weapon of fear. This is the spirit of fear from the devil himself that is designed to keep us shackled in bondage with an inability to act upon and shut out the influence of fear in our lives. The Amplified Version of 2 Timothy 1 and 7 proclaims, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, timidity, or cowardice, but God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. With the power and love of a sound mind, established in God's word by the renewing of our mind. Well, how often do we need to renew our minds? Every time fear seeks to rise against us, every time a negative thought seeks to rise against us, every time a situation seeks to cause us to lose our focus and faith in God with the power and love of a sound mind, established in God's word, renewing our minds, knowing that as God said to Joshua in chapter one, verse nine, have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you. Wherever you go, whatever you have to encounter, it may feel like the valley of the shadow of death. death. Know that God is there with you. His rod and his staff will protect you and comfort you. It may feel like as it was with Jehoshaphat. There were three nations Three armies that had formed a coalition that were coming against him and the people of God and Jehoshaphat, because he did not lose his focus or faith in God. He said in the 12th verse of Second Chronicles 20, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. When you don't know what to do, my brother or my sister, about the circumstance or the situation, look unto the hills from whence cometh your help, knowing that all of your help comes from the Lord. And because God is with us, we can face fear, the challenger and opponent of our faith. And in the end, we always win.